With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Kishin and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. My Kishin and Ruben joining you. Uh, let's see, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. You're in New York. Uh, oh, and yes. We have a very special guest with us this week. Jamie Loeb is joining us. And we're actually going back to our roots. Uh, Jamie and I are joining you from a Starbucks this morning uh, because it is supposed to be the Coffee Cast where we drink coffee. But both of you, despite the fact that you're from New York, neither of you drink coffee, and that's insane. <laughs> no I've coffee. I've never had a full just, cup. We're honestly naturally energetic. <laughs> it's just like you built like energy into you from the city of New York. Dynamic duo. We, we, don't, we don't need coffee. See, I can't make it's, those jokes. I'm, it's just you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need anti-Semitism on the show right now. But it is the innate energy of New York. That with the coffee, I would be off the walls, and I'm already off the walls. I I can't have any more. Maybe you should actually have the coffee because maybe that will settle you. Maybe it will have the adverse effect and just, like, completely chill you out. (sighs) We need, like, a New York anti-coffee. There is definitely something for that. We don't need to talk about it on the show today. Um, But thanks for coming in, Jamie. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm just excited to have you uh, just because we have been talking a lot about some of the issues and we come from the ATP perspective, obviously, both of us, and and you have a a completely different perspective, so Mm. thank you for that. Uh, Before we talk with Jamie here, of course, the Coffee Cast is brought to you by New Balance. Check out all of the latest gear, newbalance.com. So... Um, it has been a very long week here in Lexington for the both of us. I, I'd say you more so than me, although my hours yesterday were hellish. Um, you had a couple matches yesterday. Uh, I, I know it's been not maybe the year that you've wanted. Uh, talk about where you're at with your game right now. I'm definitely in a better place now, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, I'd say the past two two to three last tournaments, I've made semis of singles, quarters singles, one doubles, and now I'm in the finals of doubles. So past three tournaments have been really good for me. Um, but prior to that, yeah, I've been struggling. I went on an eight-match losing streak, had an injury. So it took a toll on me, and I was traveling quite a bit too, which definitely um, wore me out a bit. But I feel right now I'm in a much better place. Yeah, we talk a lot about happiness um, on, on this podcast. Um, what has kind of kept you going in that regard over, over this tougher period? I think finding why I really want to play this sport and why I love it and what's made me me and kind of going back to my identity, not only as a player, but as a person and finding reasons, you know, what makes me happy on court, off court. And, um, you know, Noah has definitely helped me out with that mm-hmm. <laughs> from time to time. We've had some therapy talks. So thank you, Noah. And, that, yeah, that's definitely helped because you get so lost in, you know, results and defining yourself as the tennis player. But you need to also take a step back and be like, this is just a sport and you're more than that. And you're, you know, and, and, and also I've spoken to um, 
a psychologist as well and a lot of players I think there's a stigma around it but that's helped me as well to just open up and allow myself to you know let my thoughts out and have someone you know help me through it without judging me Mm. and it's been really helpful um, last week, our podcast was talking about overthinking. Um, and so in, in that regard, yeah. I'm a prime candidate for that one. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no, Jamie is uh, the pinnacle uh, of that. So how, how has that changed for you? Um, I, I know in terms of, uh, so I work with a therapist myself in terms of understanding just kind of being in the moment. How does that translate for you um, when you're actually out on court? So I'm always going to overthink. <laughs> that's just my tendency. Um, that's me as a person. My brain goes a mile a minute. But just controlling those thoughts in the moment and separating, okay, like what do I need to worry about now? And I have the tendency just to be thinking about so many different things at once. But to simplify it as best as I can, that's the biggest takeaway. And, um, you know, just... Yeah, just kind of staying in the moment and not looking too far in advance. I think I would like to hear about really what was the defining moment for you to, you know, figure the necessary steps to change from a year that wasn't ideal um, to where you are now. I mean, I'm looking at you, you're smiling, you're happy, you're enjoying yourself. So, you know, you know, we talk about the ATP side of it and I know and I always you know, I always say the ATP is far behind, but then the WTA is further behind than the ATP. So kind of give your takes of, you know, how, you know, the struggle of the WTA has been for you and how you've tried to overcome it. Um, I think for me, it's, it's different because I think with guys in general on tour, there's more camaraderie. I'm not saying that's the case with girls, but it's a little bit different and it's harder to really for me to kind of trust and open up to some people about things and um being on the road it can be pretty lonely and I was when I was in Japan I was struggling a little bit there I had some people I knew there but it's different and I feel like on the guy side um it's just a different environment but you know I think finding my enjoyment was something I needed to really find out myself not through anybody else not through friends not through family but me and kind of go through in my mind like okay when am I at my best think of those times like what was I doing and try to you know translate that and do that again but also I knew I needed to like reach out to other people and like professionals to help me and help me change the way I'm thinking and because I was just kind of stuck in a rut and going just going through a lot of things off court as well as I was pretty down and I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect now but I'm definitely in a better place than before you've um also go ahead are, Noah. are you I was curious are you know people always come up to me and say you've been on tour for a few years now you know how aren't you getting used to everything why are there new barriers coming up um you know, I think through our conversations, we learned that there's going to be ups and downs. We've dealt with a million different things. Do you feel like this was a new challenge for you this year, that dealing with some of the losses and, and the ongoing, you know, 
I guess, quote unquote failures that, you know, every player has dealt with. Is this a new barrier that you've dealt with or is this something you've dealt with in the past? Are you learning to overcome them differently So this is a similar but different experience because three years ago I went on a nine match losing streak. I remember we had a conversation about that as well. And then I made quarters of a tournament and then I won a tournament. But that was strictly tennis related. I think this has been a combination of tennis and just off-court things. and But I think the main thing was finding my happiness because I, I wasn't enjoying being on court. Um, definitely the results didn't help, but just it was a lot, of, a lot of things going on. And finding my inner happiness was the biggest thing. Um, I, I'm really struck by this idea that there's not as much camaraderie. Um, for, for you guys because now that you mentioned that I've been here in Lexington it is a joint event obviously I have seen the guys just kind of sit up in the stands and chat and hang out and I don't see that on the other side and I'm really struck by that um, why do you think that is? I don't know if it's the culture um, maybe it's just how us girls are um, I mean personally you know I've, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the girls but I wouldn't say that I'm um, you know, I'm I'm close with a bunch of them, especially the Americans, but it's different. Mm. I think we're just really competitive, and maybe that's why, but it, it's a different vibe. It, you know, it's funny because, you know, guys can go play a match and then have, like, dinner right after, yeah. but you, you don't really see that with the girls. Um, I don't really know the answer to that. It's um, It's been very unusual to, to think about that because I think there's a lot of um – it feels like there's a lot more at this level individual player with coach as opposed to maybe a coach overseeing three or four guys or more guys who are a little bit on their own more. Is that an accurate assessment? That is. I mean, for me, I was traveling quite a bit um, on my own this year. I mean, normally I do half of my coach and half by myself, but I just see it, I, it just seems like there's a lot um, – when the players with the coach is just them yeah and it's it's good it's good it, you know it's I guess there's less distractions but it'd be nicer to have like you know just be a little more social and for us to kind of just be together a little bit more I mean we talk about mental health all the time and I'm wondering if there's something you think about if this is something you want to see change because you know even the guys that we you know we may be closer with each other we still don't open up you know, all the time on a serious note about the stuff that we deal with on the court, off the court. And like I say all the time, our family and friends will be there for us. But the only people that know what we're going through are the other people that are going through it. So is this something you are trying to change? You want to see changed? You know, where are you in this mindset? Because it makes it really tough if the only people that can help you aren't there to like support you at all. Right. I would definitely love to see it change. I don't know how. Um, maybe if there is more things like we can do together or just some, it's a trust thing. I mean, for me, I, for me to open up, I really need to trust the person and it's tough when you're competing against these girls or in your case guys. So that factor makes it tough, but it would help because when I'm by myself on the road and if I want to break down to someone, like, I should be comfortable because everyone's human. Some Like, everyone, you know, needs to vent and let their emotions go sometimes. And it's sometimes tough because I'm guarding myself. And it's not always fun because you you want that comfort from someone. So that, that would be a change I would like to see. 
Um, this week, we've obviously got the challenger on the men's side. It's an ITF event um, on the women's side. It's a difference um, in how the tournaments are run in terms of requirements. What are the big ones that you notice when you're able to see the joint events, the differences between the men's side and women's side? In theory, it's supposed to be essentially the same event, but there are differences. I guess the biggest thing crowd-wise, I feel like the men just always attract more of the crowd, but I think that's always going to be the case. Um, here, court time has been great. Um, they have plenty of courts, but in the past, some tournaments, it's a struggle for court time. Um, live feed would be a struggle, but I know now we have our center court, but sometimes we wouldn't be able to play on certain courts because the men have that and there's mm-hmm. a camera set up. I know in Washington that the women have to work around the men because that was always a men's tournament, and women have to play, um, I think, like, heat of the day, like 2 p.m., and I believe men start at 4, something like that. Um, I I just know we would always have to work around the men's schedule, so... I, but I played that tournament before, so that wasn't always ideal. How, how do we get to a point where we feel that there's more equity um, between the two tours when they are separate entities entirely? I think for us, it would be nice if WTA and ITF could work together at some point. I think for the men's side, you have the luxury of ATP and ITF working together, but there's just a, there's a bunch of differences with the ITF and WTA, um, just rules and views, and it makes it tough. It makes it tough for us if we're in the semis of an ITF, we can't go and play a WTA, or there's certain fines by pulling out of an ITF to play a WTA, um, vice versa. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I don't know how that can change. I guess that's up to the two organizations, but that would be really beneficial for us. Yeah, that's that's something I've noticed as well. Is that there's it's so different, and you don't have a real WTA presence at, at this event, where it's very clearly on the men's side, it's labeled ATP, and there's it feels like there's a direct correlation. Um, the, the obviously this week Washington always seems to bring up the pay debate. Um, there are obviously different tiers. Um, where I, I would assume you would say equal pay is the right way to go. How do we work towards that goal? What's what's your kind of view on the uh, overarching theme of equal pay? I think by getting a lot of the players, men and, men and women, to keep promoting that. Um, I mean, I love Andy Murray. I love, um, you know, how he fights for that. And I think it's good for the male players to do that because I think in reality, in actuality, people will listen more because it's like, more, I guess, more controversial. I mean, obviously, us women, we want equal pay, and I believe we do deserve it. Um, we put in a lot of work, and I, yeah, I, I definitely believe we deserve it. But I think it's going to take both the men and women, maybe not even just tennis, other sports as well, which they have been doing that more, I guess, after the women's national soccer team, the U.S. won. Um, but I think it's going to take it's going to take a lot of people to do it. I just got back from World Team Tennis. It was a really, really, you know, extremely fun experience. And here's something where men and women get to play alongside each other, uh, you know, with each other, with the mixed doubles. You know, is this something, you know, I don't know how actually the WTA feels about it, but is this something um, you would like to see more often? Because we're talking about getting, um, 
ATP and WTA to work together. So here are the players playing on the same team, getting the same fans, because it's a team atmosphere. Is this something, one, you would love to be a part of more often, and two, you would like to see just to, you know, bring that excitement and connection between men's and women? I would love that. I think that's awesome. Um, it's kind of like a, it's like a college team environment, just both men's and women's teams playing together. And um, as a former college player, and you too, like I, I enjoyed that team environment. And I also do enjoy playing tournaments that it's a combined event. It's fun, and it's it's also fun hanging out with the guys. It's it's chill. It's it's a better. I don't know, not better, but it's just a different environment. I think a little more relaxed. You can joke around a little bit more. And, I mean, Noah and I have played mixed doubles at the Open twice. Hopefully more to come. <laughs> but and, and <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And it's just, it takes some pressure off, too, and just allowing yourself to have fun. And, um, I don't know, it's, it's just a really cool experience. So I would definitely, definitely promote that. You know, I think other people are interested, and thank you for being, you know, one of our first guests on this joint podcast that we have now. But, you know, from the woman's side as well, what do you think, you know, in a sport that I believe, and I think Mike has a lot of the same ideas, is that it's, you know, slowly dying out in a way. What do you think are some of the top changes, you know, a number one thing that you would love to see changed in our sport to attract the new fans, to bring that excitement back, to get everything going again? I think, well, like what you're doing with Behind the Racket, I think getting to know the player and the person because having that connection and having a face with that person, I think that will draw a lot of attention because people look at us and they're like, oh, they're just another tennis player. They're just going from place to place. And, you know, everyone that asks me, they're like, oh, where are you going next? Where are you going next? But actually knowing the person and their story, I think is a, I think, is really helpful and will allow people to connect not only with the tennis player but with the person how do you do that um how, how do you as the person the player how do you try to promote that yourself so i love instagram <laughs> i love social media um i project my life who i am what i am and i allow myself to kind of be me and almost brand myself in a way and I think us tennis players can maybe do that a little bit more connect a little bit more with our audiences um not in such a forced way but just let yourself be and um I think that could that can help attract a, an audience you know I've always had the issue and and I know there there are definitely waves in trying to you know you know make it more efficient for us but tennis you don't have one field you don't have you know one court you have 50 and there's not always photographers or videos of your matches i found it that it's it's extremely difficult to find pictures to find these videos and when you do you can't always get them and you try to have videos and you want to post and promote but it's nearly impossible to get them and i was like you know you want us to promote it and we can do it on our own but where are these pictures and i'm sure as i'm you know looking at you making this reaction you agree (laughs) oh my god i am so glad you brought this up so funny story not really funny but it's a story last night there's a photographer here which like i never get pictures at tournaments and i tell my friend tessa i tell her all the time and i'm like how like what does it take for me to get a picture at a tournament or like a video something i mean not even at wimbledon qualies like all these slams like there's i can't find them and i asked the wta 
and there's like I I have to hound them down but there's this guy shout out to Charlie um, he's here and he's been sending me pictures he sent me a bunch last night and I'm like you don't know how much this means to me because it takes so much for me to just get one picture. And granted, I'm really picky with my pictures, so like it has to be somewhat decent. So I need a variety. But the last time I got a picture from my match, I don't even know. I don't even know when. I so know. it is it is a struggle. I mean, now the WTA, the you have like a USB or you can go back online and watch your matches if you're in main draw qualifying you can't itf if you're not on a main court um for the usta pro circuit ones you can't see your matches and me being a visual learner i would love to see my matches but the majority of the ones i played this year i can't go back to and watch them i i need to come from my perspective here and say that it would be helpful at least on the men's side to have some of the players also promote when they're going to be on um, I, I don't know how much you get the opportunity to do that yourself um, on the women's side, but I, I mean, I always try to put out the links when every match. Um, it would be helpful as well, so that it gives some that hey, I'm on this channel, you can watch me here. You know what I mean? And I think I know I've done that for Noah's, but nobody ever seems to do that with the USTA Pro Circuit events. I think because they're not as big, and so. Maybe in our minds, like, oh, like, who's going to tune in? Who's yeah. going to watch? But, I mean, I tell my family and close friends yeah. all the time, I'm like, here's the link. Um, and surely the, the gamblers know because yeah, <laughs> I get I messages know. afterwards and they watch. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess players can – I guess we can do a better job of being like, this is when we're on. Or if you have a fan page, um, put it on because, you know, people like you deserve the credit uh, <laughs> behind I, the scenes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm I, – no one knows this. That's what all of this is for. Yeah, I, I don't. Give a, it's all about me, right? Uh, I don't ever. Give a, I don't give a crap about myself, my career as much as I like the fact that we've been on Tennis Channel lately. I think is such a big deal for you guys in terms of talking about your brand as Jamie Loeb. I mean, that's that's the way to do it for you guys to be on Tennis Channel. And so, if you're able to promote that, you know, viewership is up on, on these streams. It's a big deal. Yeah. I think. One, it is definitely the player's responsibility, and we have to do a better job at promoting it because there are times where we definitely do know a time where to view it. But this also goes back to some of the other talks we've had about organization. And, you know, Mike, when we're like, is it on ESPN? Is it on ESPN Plus? Is it going to be on Tennis Channel? Is it on live stream? And, you know, sometimes we get confused of where it's located, especially during the ATP events. And I'm sure that's the same for women as well. And that's where I get lost. And I wish somebody just texted me and said, Noah, you know, today's matches will be on ESPN Plus. This is how you, you know, watch them, get subscribed to it, whatever it is. And that's where we lack, you know, the organization of trying to get pictures and, and trying to watch us live and all that. And, and I know there's definitely ATPs making moves. I'm wondering if WTA is talking to you about anything that they're pushing because um, ATP just came out with something that connects our Getty images and allows photographers to put pictures on a platform. It's not fully hammered out yet, and there's definitely a lot to go with it. But I'm wondering if WTA has anything like that to try to help you get more pictures, allow you to promote yourself a little bit more. I mean, the one thing we do have is WTA TV, so we can watch our or watch matches live, all the WTA tournaments. I don't believe that's for qualifying, only for main draw. We have Getty Images. 
that's that's all I know on my end. Um, I can I can try to research more, but that that's all I know. And I wish because every time, most of the time, when I'm at a tournament, I'll talk to like the player relations. I'm like, okay, where else can I get pictures? Where else can I get pictures? And they may or may not flag down the photographer, and I. You know, and it becomes hard on my end, and then I'm left without any pictures. <laughs> well, I, it's we're kind of getting to the point of uh, the end of our podcast. I wanted to ask you if you had any talks with Evan King this week, specifically um, to try and, and force him to really make Noah Rubin feel some pain in World <laughs> Team Tennis. Um, because I, I got I, out I, there. I watched that match. <laughs> I get out there, I flew the morning of from, you know, I was going from D.C. to New York, I flew the morning of, and they're like, just have to win a couple games. I'm like, okay, that sounds doable. Um, I I think I can hold serve twice, let's see what I can do. (laughs) It's now 4-0 deuce point, and I'm hearing that if I lose this point, we don't get into the playoffs and we have no chance. And I'm, like, shaking in front of this crowd that I just met. And Evan's, like, dancing, talking to our frog mascot, asking what to do. (laughs) And I'm like, thank you so much, Evan, for putting me through hell during my first night here. And I don't know. I mean, I am hopeful that the Orange County Breakers asked me back again because it was an incredible experience. But after the three performances I gave, especially with the first one, this could be the end of my World Team Tennis days. (laughs) (laughs) Short-lived. Short-lived. It lived. was a phenomenal match, by the way. I was just like, oh my god, you, you both are playing so well. He played, re- did not miss a first serve. I'm, I'm like shaking, shaking. Oh, we have to talk to him about this. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, I've known Evan since he was 17. Um, he's, he's a great young man. What's it like though, dating another player when you guys are having to coordinate different schedules? Oh my god, that is a loaded question. Woo. Um. It's not easy to say yeah. the least. Uh, yeah, dis- distance has been tough. That 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 yeah, it's been tough over the past few months. Um, he also likes to go off the grid, and I'm a homebody, and I stay in the states quite a bit. And um, he's actually in Italy right now, <laughs> so it's definitely tough. Um, communication is key, so it's a learning process. But you know, we're learning every day. Just trying to be more patient. Yeah enjoy it but um at least we can bond over the fact that we play the same sport and we go through similar struggles you guys um, both being from new york uh the u.s open is uh, less than a month away can you talk about what makes that tournament so special for the, the two of you specifically um just in your home city no, you want to answer I, that first? <laughs> you know, <laughs> i feel a lot of pressure playing the u.s open and to be honest the mixed doubles that Jamie and I have played, regardless of the outcomes and, you know, how well we play or anything, is always just a load of fun. You know, I don't feel the pressure when we step on the court. Uh, The dynamic duo comes out and we really enjoy it. (laughs) Um, You know, but, you know, for the other singles and and there's been a lot of issues with the U.S. Open for me, uh, there's a lot of pressures and, and the overwhelming support actually comes out in a negative way at times. So... Again, the mix has been a lot of fun. Hopefully we can you know, play again, whether it's this year or next year. Um, but I, I'm just excited to get back out in the open anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. Hopefully I can get in this year. But uh, it's a lot of pressure. 
and it's just madness and I feel like my mind is just on 24 7 mm. more so now more so than now but um you know it's just you have to tune it out somehow and there's people that come out of the woodworks and you know want to talk to you afterwards before but it, it it's fun but it like Noah said it's a lot of pressure and it can be not helpful at times. Really, more so for you guys, it's, it's kind of more difficult than, say, an American from Florida. Yeah, because we're, we're born and raised. I Like, when I'm home, I train there. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's fun. It's cool. You know, I'm used to the surroundings. I love the environment. But just there, there's, good, there's pros and cons to it. Mm. Public service announcement. And I will speak for Jamie and I. Hopefully she gets in. We don't have enough tickets for you guys. <laughs> Thank we don't. you. I'm so sorry. We love you all and we really appreciate your support. One, qualifying is free. It is free. You just walk in. And two, if we make it to the main draw or we play mix, we don't have tickets for you. I, I can mean, barely bring my, my mom family? and dad. My family, every year, it causes me so much stress and anxiety. First of all, who gets a credential? Oh, my God. It is like, it's like World War Three. And then tickets alone, I'm like, I'm like, you guys just handle it. Fight for it. Leave me out of it. Like, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Shout guys. out to Talon. Shout out to Talon that will be taking care of it for us. Yeah. And yep. with that being said, Please come out and support us anyway. <laughs> we won't get you the tickets, but definitely come out and support. <laughs> yeah, please spend your money to come support us. It's worth it. We're worth we'll make it. it worth it. <laughs> well, Jamie, thank you very much. Uh, you've got the doubles final in uh, Ten eight, hours. Hour, eight hours. Eight hours. You've got a massage in 45 minutes. That's the more important thing, I think. <laughs> that is <laughs> gotta take care of your body <laughs> uh, but thank you and uh, yeah hopefully we see you at the, again at the open in a couple weeks thank you guys for having me this was a lot of fun and that's gonna thank do it you. for another edition of the coffee cast with Cation and Ruben powered by Behind the Racket again thank you to our sponsor New Balance go visit them at newbalance.com until next week for Noah Ruben this is Mike Cation signing off you've been listening to the coffee cast with Cation and Ruben powered by Behind the Racket